Let's get into the scripture today. Are you ready for the word of God today? Well, obviously there's a theme on freedom, and today I want to talk to us about the Holy Spirit. We've been in this series called Make Waves. It's a series on the Holy Spirit, both working in you and through you. We want to talk about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Today is a day to proclaim freedom to the captives. Today is a day of deliverance. That's an old churchy word for some. Maybe it brings back images uh, that are like old altar calls and people getting prayer and all that stuff. And by God's grace today, if you need deliverance or breakthrough from any chain, addiction, bondage, habit, sin pattern, by the end of this day, you will walk out of here free indeed. Amen. If you're watching on the internet today, you couldn't make it here physically, I pray the power of God flow through those airwaves and that spirit of freedom hits you in your couch, hits you in your car, and you will not be the same. Amen. We don't just talk about freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. And it's so important today that you realize that you have been given the capacity to walk in freedom, to walk out of the prison, to walk out of the grave, to remove the grave clothes, and to walk in the freedom for which Christ has made us free. Open up your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's go ahead and start with our foundation scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to show you this verse on freedom. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, but whenever someone trusts the Lord, a veil is taken away. See, they were blinded to some things about God and who he is and even how to be saved. They had all kinds of misconceptions. And in this particular context, they were saved. They thought they were saved through being obedient to the law of Moses. But when someone puts their faith in Christ, they realize, I couldn't save myself. I couldn't get myself forgiven or holy enough to qualify for this. And so that veil is removed and you see Jesus and his sacrifice on that cross. And you see the, the cost that Jesus paid for your freedom. And then you begin to act in response to his love towards you. And so a veil is taken away. For the Spirit, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is allowed to move in your life, wherever he's allowed to move in this church, he brings freedom. Freedom to the captive. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit, I love that, the Lord is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit from God, he is the Spirit of God. He makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Say it after me, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Write this in your notes, please, take this down. You are free from some things, and you are freed to some things. You are freed from. What are you freed from? You're freed from sin. Praise God. Sin no longer has dominion, rule, authority over you. That's important because sometimes we still believe a lie that says that sin is bigger than you have the ability to resist. That is not true. Amen. You have been freed from sin. You're freed from addictions. And again, today, maybe you're still in a place where you find yourself addicted to something. That's why we preach this today, because we know the Scripture. And if the Spirit of the Lord can come into that situation today, do you believe that even today, those addictions can be removed in one moment and one touch from God? In one moment and one touch from God. I'm telling you in my spirit today, I could see prescription drug addictions where those drugs are left on the altar by the end of the day. I could see things like, you know, smoking and things that are just, you're like, I hate this addiction. Look, I'm not saying that smoking sends you to hell, right? But it's an addiction that you're like, I don't want this controlling my life. And seeing those things removed so that the only thing that leads and controls your life is Jesus Christ. When I was growing up in school, there would be these moves of God where people would come and they'd bring their occultic music. They would bring their occultic magazines and games. They'd start throwing them at the altars and we'd go have burning services after church where we would burn those things in trash cans because Jesus was still setting people free from the occult, from, are you understanding this? 
from bondage, from addictions, from pornography, and they would throw those things at the trash can to be burned. Nowadays, it's all on our cell phones. I'm not telling you to go burn your cell phone, but you can be set free today where you're not addicted to pornography. You're not letting that thing steal and kill and destroy your life because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Notice the hope of the freedom is not in your strength. It's in the God that has been given to you, amen, that fills you like his temple where the spirit of the Lord is. He brings the freedom. This is not about you buying your freedom or fighting for your freedom. Someone else already fought for your freedom. Someone else already paid the price for your freedom. Amen. Now it's about letting the spirit lead you into that freedom. Freed from sin, freed from addiction, freed from oppression. Too many people, even Christians, we still live oppressed. Not because we have to, but because we allow it to exist in our lives. It's like Maria was saying today, we don't use the name of Jesus like we should. He's, it's, it's part of our language, but not part of our practice. And so we let ourselves live under the oppression Oppression of a culture, of a world, of the negativity of that world, of the oppression of the devil in our lives, oppression of other people's opinions, and we walk around in a heaviness and a burden that's upon us, but through the anointing of the Spirit of God, every burden be removed today, every yoke be destroyed from off your neck because of the anointing, which is the Spirit and power of God upon your life. Today is a day of deliverance, which is just simply a word for freedom. Freedom from sin, addiction, oppression, from your old self. You don't have to live like your old self. Your old self was dead, is dead and buried with Christ. That's why I love baptism because it's a moment in your mind that you can look back to and say, I left my old dead self in those waters of baptism. I came up a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are made new, amen. Your old self, you don't have to war with your old self all the time. Your old self is dead, it is buried, it has no more authority over your life. Amen. The spirit of the age, because that's the God of this world that runs the spirit of this age. And you don't have to think like this world. You don't have to walk like this world. You don't have to believe what this world is telling you to believe all the time. You get your information from the Lord. You get your information from truth. Amen? Let God be true, and every man a liar. Look, God has seen these things come and go. He's the one that's gonna keep you and protect you and prosper you, no matter what the spirit of the age. Spirit of the age gets worked up about everything, and God is the rock. He's the stability that you stand on. Amen, so you're freed from things, but you're also freed to some things. See, when you're set free, where the spirit of the Lord comes in and you're set free, you're not just free from stuff but you're also free to do some stuff. You're free to run into the throne of grace. Somebody say amen. amen. You're free to run into the throne of grace because you're no longer held back by your past. You're not held back by guilt and shame. You're not using all those reasons of why you're not allowed to run into the presence of God and ask for help in your time of need. You're free to run into God's presence. Adam and Eve ran away from God. You're free to run towards God. Amen. You're free to have access to God. You're free to move forward in your life. You don't have to be stuck in a moment, stuck in a failure, stuck in a disappointment. Are you understanding? And so, so today, my prayer by the end of the day is that those prison doors are open and you will run towards your next season and your next future. Amen. Stop living in the past. Regret. Oh, if only I would have done this with my money. Oh, if only I would have invested in this 50 years ago. Well, you didn't. If only I wouldn't have done that back there and hurt that person that I love so much. But it happened. But you know what? God is helping you move forward in your life. His forgiveness, receive his forgiveness today. Start believing it by faith. Stop keeping yourself stuck in a disappointment or a failure of your past. It's you're free to run forward. You're free to run forward. And that's not just Pastor Kevin just being nice. That's Jesus, he who the Son sets free, is free indeed. Amen. The only ones keeping you back is you and the devil. It's not God. 
I would, I would rely and relate and connect myself to God. Stop agreeing with the devil. Don't let him be your prayer partner. Amen. Amen. Free to move forward, free to receive, free to have hope, free to have a future, free to become everything that Jesus paid for you to become. Free to become everything Jesus paid for you to become. John 8, 34 through 36. Open your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 8, 34 through 36. John 8, 34 through 36. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. I love that. I love it when Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I want to know the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son. See, now he's telling you, look, you keep thinking about this slave mentality. You keep thinking about this sin mentality. He's saying a, a, slave, a, a, a slave isn't a son. And I'm trying to tell you you're a son. I'm trying to tell you you've been set free. I'm trying to tell you that's not you. See, he's using that language to help them understand that's not who they are. He's about to tell you who they are. A slave is not a permanent member of the family. A son is a part of the family forever. So if the Son of God sets you free, you are truly free. He's telling them, look, you're a son. You're a daughter. You're not a slave. You're not a temporary residence in this house. Let me free you, and you're permanently free. You're a part of this family. Have peace. Be my child. Let go of that mentality of failure. Let go of that mentality of sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. The Son has set you free. And today, I speak that over you. The Son of God is still setting people free. He didn't stop 2,000 years ago. And he didn't stop. Amen. Just when he, when he brought you into the kingdom of God, he'll also help mature you and help you receive all that he paid for you to receive as a child of God. I want to talk to you about captives still in prison. Captives still in prison. Because Jesus, when he's preaching this, he's talking to people who love him, and who he's trying to teach them who they are, trying to teach them what he's accomplished in their life. And I love this passage in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes to the temple. And the Bible says that the passage is given to him for today's reading. And when he reads it, he reads this in particular passage. And this is, he says, this is fulfilled in your ears today. Love that. Because he's preaching this to them. This is from the Amplified Classic Version, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember what we said in the beginning where the Spirit of the Lord is? It's freedom. Right? So that Spirit is there to bring freedom. Jesus is preaching this sermon. This is the text for the day that was handed to him. And he begins to preach it. Where the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives. I love that in the Amplified. That's why I used it. He sent me to announce release to the captives. It's as if the prison door is opened and the captives are still sitting inside. The prison door has been removed and the captives are sitting inside and they don't know they're allowed to come out. Do you understand that? They don't know that they're allowed to come out. They're still in the prison. But he's saying that I've opened the prison door. I've paid for that door to be opened. I paid your debt so that you could be made free and set free. Stop sitting in the prison the prison of sin, the prison of shame, the prison of oppression, the prison of your old self. The door has been opened. Come on. And so he's, he's preaching it to them, just like I'm preaching it to you. Because the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's announcing to them that that Spirit is not here just to inform them of freedom, but he's announcing it to them so they can step into that freedom. Amen. He sent me to announce release to the captives. That's what I'm announcing to you. Release. Release. 
release from addiction, release from shame, release from guilt, release from the old man, release from the spirit of the age, release from fear and intimidation, release from fear of death, release. I announce it to you today. The spirit of the Lord is in this room today to release you and set you free. And you know what? It's all coming from the Son of God through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why who the Son sets free is free indeed and recovery of sight to the blind. Listen to this. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. To send you forth as delivered. When you walk out of these doors, to send you forth as delivered. Not one day I'll get free. Today is your day of freedom. To send you forth as delivered. To send you forth as delivered. Those who are oppressed defines oppressed. Those who are downtrodden. Those who are bruised. Has life bruised you? Has something in this life wounded you? Has someone, something, some moment in time crushed you? The oppressed, those that are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. Today is so important. I just felt this this love for you in my spirit throughout the week, that God wants to build you up from your inside out today. You have been crushed by whatever, whatever it is. I can't even define it because you're all so different from one another. It could have been a bad marriage. It could have been a job that you lost. It could have been someone that hurt you back when you were a child. It could be so many things. This life and the enemy of, this, of our souls, the God of this world, has an ability to pressure and press you down to a place of crushing you. But you are no longer under his feet in Jesus' name. You are the body of Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. Amen. His feet, you're a part of his body, and his foot is on the devil's head. Amen. That's who you are. That is who you are. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. I proclaim over you today free favors of God over your life, which profusely abound. Not just a little blessing, not just a little bit of good, but free favors from God. Why? Why is he like this towards you? It's understanding what we said in the beginning, that you are no longer a slave to sin. You are a son. Amen. And you have been set free, which is why he gives you free favors. But if you don't understand you've been made a son and a daughter, if you still see yourself as the old person, if you still see yourself as trying to get God to love you, you, you'll stay behind those prison doors, even though it's wide open. It's the same thing that we've talked about through like American history and different times where, where the doors have been opened, but people still see themselves as prisoners. They still see themselves as in bondage. And so you have to train them. You have to educate them. You have to train how they think because we've been so taught to think like a prisoner. We've been so taught to think like we are in bondage. We don't know what to do once the door is open, which is why the Holy Spirit is your helper, which is a good plug for last week, by the way. The Holy Spirit is your helper, helping you walk out of that prison helping you walk out. You're not a prisoner anymore. You're not a prisoner anymore. You're free indeed. Are you understanding? You're not a prisoner anymore. You're not the dead version of you. You're the living version of you, recreated in Christ Jesus. How can a free person still act so bound? How can a free person still feel so bound? Let me give you two things. I'm sure there's more, but I'm going to give you two. Number one, lack of knowledge. You don't know the Word of God. That's why it's so important that you get into our equips classes. That's why it's so important you get into your Bible on a, on a daily, weekly basis, because the Word of God is God's truth. Yes. And the reason so many times that we still live like we're in prison, we still live oppressed, like we're still bound, is we don't know what is in our covenant, our Bill of Rights, you might say. And you know, if you don't know something belongs to you, the devil will steal it. Yes. If you don't know something belongs to you, you'll let him take it away. Amen. But when you know it's yours, you lay hold of it 
and we have to move into this place in our life with God. You need to know what belongs to you. And this isn't a selfish thing. This isn't an ego thing. This is something Jesus paid for and gave to you. He handed it to you. So you don't think it arrogant to be like, that's mine. Get your hands off, devil. So that sounds so proud. No, because your heavenly father gave you that freedom. Your heavenly father gave you his favor. Your heavenly father gave you his blessing. Are you understanding this? So if I give my child something and some bully at school goes to take it away, I want my kid to say, no, that is mine. My father gave it to me. Are you understanding? It's time for you to see what belongs to you, and that gives praise to God. He paid a big price for that freedom. Don't let someone take it away. Amen. I want to illustrate this through the story of Lazarus. I need a Lazarus, and I was going to ask my friend Jason. Jason, will you help me? Will you be willing to be my Lazarus today? I put you on the spot. Is that okay? Is that right? He said, sure, everybody. Give Jason a hand as he's my Lazarus today. All right. Just to give you a quick introduction, if you don't know Jason and Tara, they're helping us with some great marriage activities throughout the fall. So I just, that's a big plug for you guys, all right? You'll hear from them coming up, some great marriage activities. Come on over. So I'm going to have Jason be my Lazarus. I want to qualify a few things. This is a brand new, clean roll of toilet paper. Is that, it's brand new. We just opened it in the back. Can you hold that? All right. I'm going to wrap you like a mummy, all right? All right. You know, I was thinking about this illustration before I did it, and I was like, you know, two years ago when you couldn't find toilet paper, people have been really mad that I was wasting <laughs> this toilet paper. And I was like, I'm really glad. You know, I'm kind of getting dizzy, actually. This is, if I fall out, it's not the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying right now? I'm, da, 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 da. Don't, just, just, just talk amongst yourselves just for a minute. I didn't realize how long this was actually going to take when I was preparing this. Da, 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 da. Jason is Lazarus. This, this is, you're taller than I thought you were. I should have got a shorter person. Oh my goodness. Just give me a minute. One more minute. Almost done. I'm not going to cover you totally up because this sermon is going to be a lot shorter if I don't stop this in just a minute. Just a little bit more. Give Jason a hand, everybody. There's a little bit more. I'll let you breathe a little. There we go. Can you get the idea, church? Is that okay? We're good. We're good. Is that good? Jason, you're Lazarus. There you go. There you go. So this is the story of Lazarus. There you go. Hallelujah. John chapter 11. Go to John chapter 11. I want you to see this whole conversation couched in the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. His sisters, Mary and Martha, were friends of Jesus. You see that in this story in John 11. If you jump over to verse 18 is where we're going to start reading. Lazarus dies. Jesus is notified that Lazarus is dead. He says, I'm going to wait a couple days before I go do anything. So he finally shows up like four days later. And Lazarus has been dead a long time. But Jesus is about to do a wonderful miracle in bringing Lazarus back to life. And so in verse 18, you'll see where the story picks up. When Jesus arrived, verse 17, at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come from, into this world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here, he wants to see you. So Mary went out to him. 
Jesus stayed outside the village in that place to meet where Martha went to meet him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, saw the other people wailing, deep anger welled up within him. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, they told the Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved Lazarus. But some said, this man healed the blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb at the cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. I'll pause here. I just think it's interesting. This, I hadn't seen this before, but seeing how Jesus was getting irritated. He was angry. He, was, he, he loved them. He loved Martha and Mary. He loved Lazarus. He knew what he was about to do. But something inside of him was unsettled about all of this mourning, all of this crying and wailing. He was getting troubled in his spirit about it. He knew he was about to bring a great miracle today and something in him just said enough is enough. And maybe that's something we need to find out today, to know what the will of God is, to be able to see something beyond the current death or to see something beyond the bondage and to get tired of it and to start silencing the mourners, to start silencing the naysayers, to start silencing the people that are just talking about death all over the place and something to rise up on the inside of us and to say enough is enough. It's time for the will of God to be made manifest in this situation. Amen. And they were just doing what they have always done. They were just trained to talk that way. And there's our society that's trained to talk a certain way about your bondages, about your addictions, your addictions, your issues, your oppression. It's just the way it is. And we learn how to cope. We learn how to adapt. And Jesus is about to resurrect. Jesus is about to set free. Are you understanding? Sometimes we have to stop listening to the professional mourners in our world and to lay hold of the will of God for this situation. Are you understanding this? And so this next moment, Jesus, and I believe he's already like motivated and passionate because he's irritated by this thing. He says, Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb in the cave, the stone rolled across the entrance, verse 39. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told him, but Martha, the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he's been there for four days. He will smell terrible. And it's just this moment where it's like Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care if it's going to smell. doesn't care what the outward circumstances looks like. doesn't care that the body's already started to decay. It's almost like, Jesus, you can't do a miracle right now. It's, he's not a fresh dead body. He's an old, decaying dead body. But Jesus isn't limited. He isn't limited to how dead dead is. Dead is dead. And what he's about to do is going to encompass all of that. But we have all kinds of excuses. I've been bound with this for so long. This is a generational curse. This is something that's been in my family. I don't know what to do outside of this addiction or outside of this habit and way of thinking. And we have all these things that we kind of resist the Lord from moving and doing his will. And Jesus is like, just move the stone away. Just obey me. Just move the stone away. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone away. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it loud for the sake of all the people standing around here so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say it quietly. He didn't say it gently. He shouted. He shouted. I love that. Did he shout for Lazarus to hear? Lazarus is dead. He shouted for the people to silence the mourners, to silence the doubters and the naysayers. And he shouted and he declared, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. And so this is the story of Lazarus, if you've never heard of it before. Jesus' friend, he's back here. He's behind the tombstone. Jesus says, roll the stone away. So he rolls the stone away. The prison door has been opened. Do you see this picture? 
he is raised up. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. He's resurrected, okay? But now it's about coming out of the tomb and removing the grave clothes. That's what we're talking about today. Many of us agree and believe that Jesus has opened the prison door, he's paid for that, and that he has given you life, and we've been resurrected into new life. Praise God. Deliverance, what we're talking about today, is coming out of the prison. Go and hop on out. Coming out of the prison and having the grave clothes removed. Having the, yeah. See, he's already alive. And there's a lot of people in church that Jesus has, he's made us alive, like Lazarus. He's opened the door. But we may not have taken advantage of coming out of our tomb, our old life, our old habits, our old way of thinking and believing, the old sin patterns, and the grave clothes taken away. And I love that he asked other people to even help with that. You know, sometimes the Lord will use other people to help us take these grave clothes off, these things that smell like the dead version of what we once were. Our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes, our way of thinking. And it couldn't be a process, amen? It can get a little messy. It's something that it's part of the journey that we've been raised up, the door has been made free and open, but now it's time to come out and have the bondages removed, to have the grave clothes taken off. Amen? Would you give our Lazarus a hand? Thank you, Jason, I appreciate that. See, in that illustration, he was dead, just like we were, and then he was raised, but he was still in a prison door and that door was made wide open. Jesus has set the captives free. Remember Luke, when he's preaching, saying, I'm preaching deliverance to the captives. It's like preaching deliverance to Lazarus, saying, look, I did my part. I raised you up. I opened the door. But you need to get involved in some of this now. You need to start taking some steps into the freedom, into the life, into the new beginning I've given you. I've given you everything you need for life and godliness, but it's time for you to start ripping off some of those grave clothes, to start resisting sin, to start resisting the devil and make him flee from you. Start resisting some of those old habits. I've set you free. I've open the door. Now take the grave clothes off. Put on the robe of righteousness. Amen. The prison door is open, but you still walk bound when you don't need to. Remove the grave clothes. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Write it in your notes. Romans 12, verse 2. Are you getting anything out of this today? Romans 12, verse 2. The Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. I wanna to talk to you about removing the grave clothes. And part of that is renewing your mind in some of these areas. Renewing your mind in some of these areas. Your clothes smell like death, the old nature, old self, old habits of sin, old mindsets and offenses. The clothes and the grave clothes can be hate, prejudice, anxiety, fear, lower ways of thinking and believing. You know, sometimes we talk about getting rid of the old habits of the old self. Do you know habits aren't always actions? Sometimes when we think of habits, getting rid of old habits, we think of old actions. But you can have a habit of a way of thinking. You can have a habit of seeing yourself as a failure, seeing yourself as a sinner, a habit of seeing yourself as an explosive person, giving yourself permission to lose control, a habit of being critical. You, you don't even realize that you don't have to be hypercritical all the time. Are you understanding? But it's a habit. You don't know how to see good because you've trained yourself to only see the bad. Take the grave clothes off. That's an unregenerated mind. A mind that doesn't include God in the equation. A mind that doesn't include God's wills and God's plans and God's power in the equation. It's a habit. It's a way of thinking. Amen. Church, 
The door of the prison has been made wide open. You have been raised to life, Lazarus. Praise God. And you've heard the word of the Lord come forth. That's his will. Don't stay stuck in the past. Don't stay stuck back there. Move forward. But now we have to do the work sometimes, taking the grave clothes off. Do you see how this illustration works today? Too many times we have Christians hopping around, mummified in their old dead clothes because they haven't done the work to renew their mind into the area of what they believe and what they think. Amen. You're saved, you're forgiven, you've been brought from death to life, but you're still bound up. Still bound up in unforgiveness, still bound up in shame, still bound up in fear and anxiety and criticalness and judgmental spirit and, and fear and all that stuff. And it's time to take the grave clothes off. You can start ripping at them, but sometimes you also need some help. You need brothers and sisters in Christ to help you identify wrong belief systems, right? Because right believing, please write this stuff down, right believing works itself out into right doing. Right believing creates right doing. If I can get you to believe right about yourself, your life will start to come into line with that. If I can get you to believe right about your capacity, right about your identity, right about the purposes and plans for your life, you'll begin to move in that direction. That's goes, that goes back to renewing your mind. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. The Holy Spirit's power is present for all of us today in this room. His power to step out of that prison and remove the grave clothes. Ephesians chapter 1, 17 and 19, from the Amplified again. This is the Apostle Paul praying. For I always pray to God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the insights and mysteries and secrets, into the deep, intimate knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. That's the renewing of your mind, that you would begin to see, that you would begin to understand and comprehend some things, right? That your eyes of your heart would be flooded with light so that you can know, so that you can understand the hope which he has called you, how rich his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones, because that's who you are. You're his saints, you're his set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, say immeasurable, the unlimited, say unlimited, surpassing, say surpassing, greatness of his power, say power, in us and for us who believe. It's demonstrated, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength when he raised Christ from the dead. Listen, his power is in you and sometimes we focus on his power in you so you could go pray for people and, and see healing and to see other people um, transformed and helped. But I want you to see that the, the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. His power is in you, not just to move through you, but also for you. For you. To help you become the fullness of what he paid for you to become. His, the Holy Spirit's power is both in you and for you. For you to help you rip off those old addictions, to rip off those old mindsets, to rip off those old bondages and, and, and practices and habits. The Holy Spirit is here to bring you freedom too, to bring me freedom and you freedom from the past, freedom from guilt, freedom from all that stuff, amen? So how do I come out of that prison, Pastor Kevin? How do I remove the grave clothes? The door is open. I want to come out and I want to rip off the grave clothes. Let me just give you six quick things. Write these down quickly and we're going to pray. Number one, identify them. Identify the grave clothes. Identify them. What prison are you sitting in? What prison are you sitting in? What clothes are you still wearing that smell like death? Can you ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to show you some grave clothes that you're still wearing? Are you still offended at somebody from a year ago, six months ago, two years ago, from your childhood? Are there grave clothes of a critical spirit in you? 
Are there grave clothes of fear in you? Are there grave clothes of an addiction that you need to come and bring it before the Lord and say, I'm actually addicted to this. This is not a little thing. Listen, you won't remove it if you don't identify it for what it is. It's a grave clothes, and it smells like the old you, and it smells like death. It is not a part of the new you because you've been set free, but you're still wearing it. Are you understanding this? You need to identify that it's there so that you can identify this is the old me. This is the dead part of me. This isn't who I am anymore. Come on. This doesn't fit on me anymore. See, if you still see yourself like a corpse, if you still see yourself as the dead, then dead clothes fit on you. But you don't see yourself as dead. So now I begin to know what to come out of agreement with. Amen. Right believing equals right doing. Identify the prisons that you're still in. Be honest, truthful. Renew your mind with God's word. Number two, renew your mind with God's word in that area. Identify this area that you're still bound up in. Oppression, whatever, fear. And then begin to go into God's word about it. It's where a concordance works really well. Or just Google verses and say, Bible verses about fear. Bible verses about addiction. Bible verses about hope or joy. Are you understanding? And get a bunch of scripture that begin to speak the truth according to that area that you've been bound in. So number one, identify the prison clothes. Number two, renew your mind with God's word in that area. If you need to forgive someone, look up scriptures on forgiveness. Come out of agreement, number three, with them. That's a big step, my friends. Too many times we're still in agreement with those grave clothes, with those ways of thinking, with those ways of believing, with those ways of behaving. It's time to say, you know, that's not me. It's not who I want to be. And I don't have to be that anymore. Praise God for that. I don't have to be addicted to that anymore. I don't have to think that way. I don't have to be a negative person. I don't have to be a fearful person. I don't have to be an anxious person. I don't have to be a critical person. I don't have to be a gossip. I don't have to be addicted to some sexual sins because there's no sin greater than the Jesus on the inside of you. Amen. I come out of agreement with it. You are not my friend to that grave clothes. You are not my friend and you do not fit on me anymore. Number four, ask for help. Remember what I said when, the, when Lazarus came out? Jesus sent people to help him get out. It's okay to ask for help. You identify that you have some grave clothes in an area. You identify you have some ways of thinking, some habits, some attitudes, whatever. It's okay to say, I've identified some things in my life. I need some help. And you have the help of the Holy Spirit, but you also have your brothers and sisters. And that's okay. It's okay that we can come and we can confess our faults to one another and find healing. Too many times we try to fix ourselves in secret and on our own, and the devil just keeps racking us through it over and over again. We keep failing on our own. We need one another, some trustworthy people. I'm not saying go just randomly tell some person, hey, I've got this issue. You want to be my friend? No, there are quality people in this place. There's quality people in your life that if you would get honest with yourself, they would be happy to help you. And as they hear you, here's what will happen. They hear you talk like the old self, they'll catch you and be like, hey, you're sounding like the old self. Let me, let me keep you accountable on that. Or you're going to an old place, an old party scene, an old cycle of sin, and they're like calling you on a Friday night so that you don't end up over there. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Ask for help. We were never meant to do this on our own. We do this in community. We do this as a body, as a family. And that doesn't make you weak to need help. It makes you smart, taking advantage of everything that God has for you. Even Lazarus needed help getting out of his grave clothes. So number one, identify the grave clothes. Number two, renew your mind to God's word in that area. Number three, come out of agreement. Number four, ask for help. Number five, start to worship like you're free. Start to worship like you're free. Amen. And then number six, just start acting free. Amen. 
Just start acting free. Don't, you don't have to sit there and try to go back and do penance for the things that you regret. Start living like a son. Start living like a daughter. Start living like a free person. Amen. Forgiving yourself, moving forward. Amen. So who's ready to step out of their prison today? Who's ready to step out of their prison today? Stand up. Stand up. I wanna give us a little bit of Holy Spirit space right now. Cause I didn't preach this message to entertain you today. I really don't, I don't take joy in, in just entertaining people and saying, that was a nice message. Look, there is a spirit where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And there are signs that follow the preaching of the word. Do you understand that? There are signs that follow the preaching of the word. And when I saw that prison door open and I saw Lazarus come out and I saw the grave clothes fall off, that is for someone in this place today, if not multiple people. Which means when I say, are you ready to step out of your prison? Are you ready to take off the grave clothes? Then I'm gonna ask you to take a step of faith. I'm gonna ask you to take a step of faith today to step out of your seat and to step up front and let's begin to minister healing and freedom to you today. If, you, if there's an area of your life and you know that you have been bound in, you know it has been a cycle, it has been a thought pattern, it has been something that has kept you bound and oppressed, time to, it's time to step out of the, the, the prison and it's time to step out of that tomb and it's time for those grave clothes to be removed. Amen? Amen? And so if that's you today, by an act of faith, I want you to come down to the altar. I want you to come up here. Come on, come on. It's time to get the grave clothes off. It's time to get those habits, those addictions, those thought patterns, those processes. It's time to be free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Church, would you welcome them as they come to the front? Come on up, come on up, come on up. It's time to be free, free from those things, free from those emotions, free from those habits, free from those cycles that keep driving you in the wrong way, free from being stuck. It's time to be free. If you're not living in that fullness of freedom and you feel like you're just running and something's been holding you back, it's time to be free. It's time to be free indeed. Come out of the grave. Come out of that prison. As an act of faith, step out of your seat. Come forward. Jesus has opened up the way. Jesus has provided the way. But now it's time for you to take that step of faith. Can I get the altar teams to come and start laying hands on the people up here? We wanna be partners with you, believing God for freedom. Believing God for freedom. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Church, would you stretch your hands out towards them? Begin to pray for them.
a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. Let's sing that one more time. You unravel. You unravel me with a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. Let's sing that one more time. From my mother's womb. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. Oh, I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no i 
Hallelujah. I'm about to close, but I want to say a couple things. Give me your attention for like 30 seconds. First of all, I want to thank you, congregation. We're about 20 minutes past 12, and you stayed here worshiping and praying for your body of friends up here and believers up here. Thank you for loving people. Amen. Thank you for understanding that these are holy things. Amen. And that people's lives are being set free and moving forward. I'm so glad, Calvary, you are not just this church. It's like, well, time's up, I gotta go. You're here because you love God and you love one another. And we're looking for a move of God, amen? We're looking and we are trusting and believing for a move of God. And so I'm so blessed by just seeing your commitment to stay through and to be here for this. Well done, praise God for that. That's awesome. I'm so glad to be a part of a church like this. You have churches where people are just like, they're like, well, that's not my business and then leave. Because we see each other as family, this is all of our business, amen? This is all of our business. So let me do this and then I'll dismiss you. Let me give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your savior. If you are not in right relationship with God today, I wanna pray with you and give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and savior. God wants to bring you into his family. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need a savior. The wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. The Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I wanna give you an opportunity today to call on the name of the Lord to save you, to forgive you. You might say, Pastor Kevin, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and savior. I wanna give you an opportunity today to do that. Or you may say, I used to have a thriving relationship with God, but I've walked away and grown cold and I don't wanna be that person anymore. I wanna recommit myself to Jesus. When I count to three today, I just want you to raise your hand and we're gonna pray for you right at your seat. So would everyone just bow your heads and close your eyes for just 30 seconds? You say, I've never given my life to Jesus and I wanna be a part of the family of God today. When I count to three, raise your hand. Or you're saying, I wanna recommit myself to the Lord. When I count to three, raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up today? There's one hand, two hands, three. Anybody else? Put it up high so I can see it. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Awesome. Anybody else? Put it up. Put it up. Nine. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Ten up here in the front. Awesome. Anyone else today? Eleven, twelve, thirteen. Praise God. Church, and there's probably more that I missed. Would you just celebrate those thirteen or so? Praise God, everybody. That's you. That's you. That's you making a... a, a, a a declaration of faith saying, I'm ready, God, take me, okay? So now let's call on the Lord together so no one's praying by themselves. Church, would you all pray together? And if you raised your hand, especially, as much as you can, just believe what you're saying. Say it with all your heart, ready? Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Bring me into your family as a child of God. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's celebrate one more time. God bless you. Welcome. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.